When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After more than 18 months and one cancellation, the return of tennis to Indian Wells is one week away. But there are still four tournaments spread across the globe this week before our coverage begins in the desert. It was an all-American showdown in San Diego between these two young guns, and we'll preview some big matches in the night session. Plus, U.S. Open champ Amarada Kanu's Indian Wells debut is a go. Our experts discuss the teenage wild card's big return in the desert. TC Live starts right now. And welcome to TC Live on a Tuesday night as we get set for the night session just down the road from us in San Diego. A couple of good matches coming up as the chase for the championships continues on three continents in Asia, Europe, and here in the USA. On tonight's show, the U.S. women with some struggles in the Windy City. We'll talk about what went on there. Emma Rajukanu, the tennis world, waiting for her return. She'll be back in Indian Wells. We'll preview it. And a preview of the night session down in San Diego as that ATP event continues just down the road from us. We're here in Santa Monica. Rob Similker along with a couple of former top tens. Jimmy Arias to my left, Chanda Rubin to my right. Jimmy and I are old friends from yesterday's show, our first one together. Chanda, great to be with you. Nice Thank to meet you. you. I'm glad you guys let me on the set tonight. <laughs> great <laughs> to have you not? as always, Chanda. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, I'm excited for Indian Wells. I know a lot of people are. It's unusual to have it in the fall, usually a spring event. But I think the excitement will be, will be ratcheted up just a little bit more this year as Emma Rajukanu, after taking the tennis world by storm at the U.S. Open, the first player ever to win a Grand Slam as a qualifier. Yeah. Here's how she did it in that memorable final against Layla Fernandez. And she announced today that she will be back for Indian Wells next week. She took a wild card, Chanda, had to take one because her ranking wasn't close to being able to qualify for this, still hasn't qualified for an event on her own points. Yeah, she still hasn't had used her ranking to get in because it hasn't been high enough, but that will change very quickly when you consider the way that she has played. And not only that, the poise she has shown in these big moments, and we kept wondering, can she keep it up? We saw a little bit of her uh, at Wimbledon, where she made her first real breakthrough into the round of 16, uh, but this was a completely different story in New York, and she just seemed to get better and better every match. She's the greatest player in history already. <laughs> She's only played four <laughs> tournaments. But it's remarkable how well she moves, how balanced she is. I don't care how hard you hit the ball to her. She's in perfect position every time. And she didn't really have any holes in her game, and you would expect someone that's only played a couple of tournaments in their life to not be able to perform like this in this stadium especially. Ash mm -hmm. Stadium, which is the biggest crowd you're ever going to play in front of. Yeah. The crowd is loud. It's noisy. It's pressure by multiples 
of what any other player's ever dealt with. She didn't handle the pressure of Wimbledon, which I guess for her, Wimbledon's even a little bit yeah. more pressure, but she learned from that. And now I guess she's just going to win every tournament that she plays the rest of her life because she didn't even lose sets. Yeah, I mean, we talked a bit about how, you know, her draw wasn't as robust. You know, she didn't have to go through the players that uh, her, her fellow finalist, um, you know, Layla Fernandez had to go through. But it was really the way she played against some really good players, some informed players, didn't drop a set didn't really seem to be pushed, didn't seem to get nervous or tight in big moments. I mean, it was pretty impressive match-in and match-out from Raducanu. Doesn't have a big weapon, but as you said, Jimmy, doesn't really have any holes in her game. And she just seemed to always be able to get herself out of trouble in the corners of the court. She springs back in. She uses her serve beautifully. So that gives her a, a very solid service game, which is what you need to win big events. I mean, it was impressive across the board. It'll be interesting to see how she continues to transition, but I think she'll do very well on these hard courts. It's going to be fascinating to see whether the letdown effect is there or not for her. And when you look at what she's done with this meteoric rise, she is now not too far outside the WTA final zone. The top eight players in terms of points earned this year make it to the WTA finals. They're going to be in Mexico. And Raja Kanu is 14th just by virtue of not just the U.S. Open performance, also round of 16 at Wimbledon. She's got a shot here, Jimmy. Well, don't forget, there's a couple of players that aren't going to be showing up most likely. And Naomi Osaka's not playing for sure. Ash Barty, I don't think she's going to show up. So all of a sudden, the top eight is really the top ten. And so she's only a few points away, really, from only playing a handful of tournaments. That's the part that she's going to be in her fifth tournament. Yeah. She's about to make the year-end championships, possibly, if she can continue. It's going to be a little different because all of a sudden she's a star, such yeah. a star, that will she be able to handle that part of it? Because it's not just tennis any longer. They're going to want a piece of her in everything that she does. Yeah, Chandy, you can speak to this. I mean, she's not going to sneak up on anybody at Indian Wells or, or probably ever again for the rest of her life. And how was it for you as you rose up the rankings from you know, not as well known to being a top 10 player? How did it change the way you had to prepare and, and of course, the way players played against you? No, it's a shift in your mindset. And certainly for Raducanu, it's happened just all at once. And it is a huge difference. For, for most players, they've at least had to break into the top 100. Then you sort of hit those milestones, you know, into maybe the top 30, top 20. And you eat at each stage, you sort of have to deal with a different kind of pressure. For Raducanu, it has just happened all at one time. Literally within a couple of months, she has kind of leaped past these normal milestones. And I think that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we've been seeing her social media, all of the different events she's doing, the, the people that she's rubbing shoulders with. How will she handle all of that? We've seen how she handles it on the court. How will she handle it off the court? It's going to be interesting to see. No one has ever done what she did. No one's ever come from nowhere and won a major. It's, it's kind of, I don't think it'll ever happen again either, by the way. It's a one-time thing. It was incredible what just happened. And so we don't know how she's going to react. But the way she reacted in the matches you have a feeling she can handle sort of anything. Yeah, and I think it was a good sign. I mean, she became huge in, in Great Britain. I mean, being there at Wimbledon and kind of seeing just how she was received, all of a sudden she couldn't walk from the practice courts. And 
just having to deal with that, and, and she had a bit of anxiety in that match, and, you know, when she kind of had a chance to sit back and work through that, we saw the difference in New York in terms of how she approached those big matches. So I think it should help, the fact that she kind of went through that in her mm -hmm. home country. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is incredible. And as you said, Jimmy, no one has ever done that before. So she is sort of in class all her own. All right. Well, from one U.S. Open champion to another, Sloane Stevens taking the court in Chicago today at this WTA 500 event, taking on Tamara Zidanecek. And Stevens struggled in this one. Yeah, Zidanecek, though, is a solid player, very smart in how she constructs her points. She got to, she had a big breakthrough this year, getting to the semifinals of Roland Garros. And so she was always going to be a tough match for Stevens. But Stevens just not able to capitalize on some breakpoint opportunities. You saw Zidanecek there stepping in, using her forehand, hitting through big lanes. She is such a solid player, a good mover. She was a skier, I think, when she was a kid. So she's got the balance, and you could see it in this match. Stevens, though, eight break points, couldn't convert on any of them, had some break point opportunities in that game, but Zidanecek able to weather the storm and made this match very routine. It was all downhill for Zidanecek as she plows right through this one. And Stevens, we'll talk about in a minute where she goes from here, obviously struggling. But Garbine Muguruza also on the court against American Ann Lee. Garuth is such a veteran player in big matches, and this one was really no different. She was too solid, hitting big off the ground, used the forehand there, was able to close out the first set against Ann Lee, who's a nice athletic player, has an all-around game, can come in. Uh, and play comfortably at the net, but it was Muguruza who got on top of her when she saw second serves, and from the ground, Muguruza just was too solid. She gets through a tough match, but in two sets. So she is through, and take a look at the other scores from Chicago. See Victoria Azarenka rolling 2-1, and one, and a win for the American, Baptiste. Anna Samova as well with a three-set win, and Danielle Collins has been playing very well. She's continuing to play well, got through a difficult match. Anz Jabor yeah. was on that list. She won one in love. Yeah. She's looking pretty good. Against well. Shea, who beat Kim Kleisters in the first round, so a very nice win for Jabur, who's been playing fantastic tennis all year. Chanda, let's talk about Sloane Stevens again. She, she got through a couple of rounds, a couple of tough American matches yeah. uh, in, at the U.S. Open. Um, and, and then, you know, petered out in the third round. But where do you think her game is right now? And w what should her expectations be as we get toward the end of the year? You know, I think, you know, it's a little bit of a catch-22 for Sloane because she showed some, some flashes towards the latter part of this year uh, in terms of getting her game back. She seemed to be a little happier on court, got into pretty good shape, um, you know, towards this stage. But it's still kind of putting it together and capitalizing on opportunities. She's been a player who, she's a Grand Slam champion, and there's so, still so much expectations on her. She's got so much game, and too often we feel like we don't see it uh, in some of these matches and especially the tough ones where it's, you have to get down and compete and really pull from that reservoir that she has of, of winning. So you don't expect to see her go out so meekly, uh, so one-sided against a player like Zidanecek, as good as she's played. Uh, so that's the frustration. But hopefully Sloan can build on a few of these match wins she's had this year and hopefully you know, use it towards the rest of the year, whatever she's playing, and then get a good start next year. I think with Sloan, you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. And if she is committed mentally into a match or into a tournament, and usually it happens in the bigger tournaments, that's mm -hmm. where she's going to show her best. 
when she shows her best, she can still win anything. She did remind me a little bit when we were watching those highlights of Fabio Fonini. And the reason I say that is both players in between shots. So they'll hit a ball, and they both, sure, they're so athletic and fast that they kind of stand around for a second, and they can still get to balls, but they're not quite in position all the time. They don't work so hard in between shots often. And that's the part of the game where I think if they did, they're both so athletic, they would have better results, more consistent results. Standing and watching your shots, something I've been known to do on the tennis court. Not a good thing to do. All right, when we come back after a break, we'll head down to San Diego where the men are in action. An American matchup, Seb Korda and Tommy Paul went at it. We'll bring you the highlights when we come back on TC Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Tommy Paul. And this was a good match. This is the third time that these two have met this year. And Corda had won the first two. It looked as though the way the first set was going, it was going to be exactly the same thing as Corda took the first set pretty comfortably. He wasn't sure that he was going to play this tournament. I spoke to him about 10 days ago. And he told me he had food poisoning. He'd lost 10 pounds. He wasn't sure if he was going to make it until Indian Wells. But obviously he's happy he got here. He won the first set 6-3. And Tommy Paul... Fought back hard in that second set. Porta had some pressure late in the set, wasn't able to break through, and eventually Tommy Paul wins the second set. But the third set, break chance here for Porta, and he hits a ridiculous backhand pass down the line. He's got such a good backhand, he's got such an aggressive return to serve. Porta is sort of the next guy you get the sense from America that has a chance to really continue going. He won that third set 6 1 pretty comfortably. Third time he's beaten him this year. Up right after that, Grigor Dimitrov. He's fallen outside the top 30, trying to get his first career win over Martin Fucevic. Yeah, I lost him a couple of times last year. He was struggling in that second set, obviously lost the second set quickly, but managed to steal a win. Won a couple of important points for Dimitrov. He's got to get that confidence back, that swagger. He's the kind of player that has so much talent, but he's been up and down throughout his career. When he's feeling confident, he'll win a bunch of matches in a row. When he's not, he'll lose a lot of first rounds in a row. A lot of Bulgarian flags on display there out in San Diego as he gets the win. A look at other scores and Lloyd Harris in action as we speak, taking on Eubanks down a set up a break in the second set. Sanego with a nice win against Bachelorsville. It's such a difficult draw. Cam Norrie playing well, beating Cup for a first round. Every, for a 250, this yeah. San Diego Open is ridiculous yeah, how packed. strong that draw is. Stacked. I mean, everybody's trying to play, getting ready for Indian Wells. And who doesn't want to play in San Diego? Not to mention just down the road from Indian Wells, where they're all going to be. So a lot of good reasons to play San Diego. And, and so that's exciting. And let's talk about Corda Paul for a second. I mean, you know, Seb Corda, I loved his comments after the match. He was asked, actually, by the interviewer, who do you think was better at this age, you or your dad? And here's what he said. Who's better at 21 years old, Sebastian Corda or Peter Corda? <laughs> I think me, actually. I think I had a better ranking, and I don't think he won a title yet, so I'm taking me. 
Love the answer. Love the confidence. Jimmy, what do you think? Who would you take in that competition? Definitely Sebastian. Corda <laughs> wasn't great young, and when he first came on, I thought, how is this guy even out here? He weighed about, he was 6'2 and weighed about 96 pounds, and he did hit the ball. Peter, his dad, hit it so cleanly. Sebastian also hits it really cleanly. I expect great things from, from both of them. Obviously, we've already had them from Peter. He won yeah. a major. Yeah, no, and, you know, Seb made the case for it. He gave, you know, clear evidence. He didn't just say it because of feelings. <laughs> he said, I've got a title, my ranking's higher. So, I mean, I think that's pretty cut and dried. And, you know, incidentally, he talks about, Seb Corda talks about his mom being really the influence in terms of his strokes and how cleanly he hits the ball. So he's got it both sides. Yeah, a lot of upside there, great lineage, and uh, we're all excited to see what he does. He's still in that tournament, so we'll see where he goes. Meanwhile, down in San Diego, an interesting thing going on right now. There's a, an exhibition going on for a charity down there, and uh, it's a celebrity exhibition uh, benefiting the Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. Quite an exhibition. We, we wish I could show it to you right now, but you got James Blake, Landon Donovan, Steve Nash, the former NBA champion and current coach of the Brooklyn Nets, all playing along with the tournament director. So a really good celebrity doubles matchup. And we started talking before the show about celebrity doubles and who, who both of you have played with. And Chanda, I'll start with you. Who's your best celebrity doubles partner? I mean, you know, I played some with Sean T, who's a really good player, good athlete, but Barack Obama would be the best. I was a Ooh. bit awed. Wow. And, you know, he walked out. It was at the White House for one of the Easter egg events. And we didn't know when he'd come out there. And he just strolls out in his slacks and his dress shirt. And, you know, he's a left and he just had this great little kind of uh, spin that he could put on the ball, a little flick to it, and it was it was fun. Everybody was excited. I, I actually like the way he's about to hit the backhand, but he's already checking out where his opponent is, how he can get the ball away. I was looking from at his, his eyes. Yeah, his eyes are definitely no not look. on the ball. Yeah, no, he did a couple of no-look shots where he looked one way yeah. and he hit it the other. I mean, he's got a one-hander. I love this guy. Hey, anything you can do wearing slacks and a button-down shirt, I'd say is pretty impressive. So yeah. whatever he did was great. Jimmy, what about you? Who'd you play with? Well, I've annoyed many celebrities over the years because it's something I sort of enjoy doing, just seeing how they how they react. Not you, Jim. Hard yes. to believe. Hard Shockingly, to believe. I have done it over the years. And the one that I remember the best was actually Jim Carrey at the U.S. Open. He came and played. We all, all the ex-players were playing in a pro-am, and he joined us. And I did play against him. There he is at the U.S. Open. And he did play reasonably well, I have to admit. But after it was all over, all the ex-players are standing around, and we're all, they're all saying... Oh, you were so good. You were so great. And he, he was pretty athletic. I have to give him credit. But I couldn't stand all the love he was getting. So I, <laughs> while they're all saying, you were great, you were great, I was standing next to him, and I finally said, I thought you sucked. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, spread the word, <laughs> which was a fantastic answer. I, I love that answer. he, yes, I love that he just went right back at it, and it didn't he didn't take it personally. Of all the things he could have said to you in that moment, yes. that was a pretty good one. It was amazing. From your point of view. Yes, I was, I was <laughs> That's impressed. That's high praise. Jimmy liked it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> all right, well. Good to, good to play with a comedian, but I think Chanda wins with the President of the United States. All right, when we come back, we'll set you up for the night session. A change in that first match as Kane Nishikori was supposed to take on Andy Murray. He's had to pull out, and Dennis Kudla, a lucky loser, will get into that match. We'll talk about it when we come back on TC Live. To Sofia, Bulgaria, we go where they're playing. A men's event, Marcos Giron, the American, in action, taking on Jauma Munar and a three-setter here 
Munar got the first set in a tiebreak. Giron bouncing back with a 6-1 in the second set. Match point here. And Giron finishes with a volley. That's advantage Giron there. And what do you like about him here, Jimmy? I mean, he's at sort of a career high, right around his career high. He's playing very well. Giron making his way on the tour level now, ranked in the 60s. He's just about to be getting a ranking that gets him into the Masters 1000s. Well, he's picking up some points in Bulgaria. Meanwhile, to Kazakhstan we go. And yes, native Kazakh, Yulia Putinseva in action here and not a, not, a, not a lot of chances for her to play at home in front of her home fans but she does it here and cruises 6-1 6-2 yeah she's such a good mover showed it there just smothering against her opponent and made it look very easy nice to get this kind of win playing in your your home country all right and so tennis all around the world happening and there you see the matchups for tomorrow both in Kazakhstan and in Sofia Putin Seva will take on Lapko, Emil Rusevori, and James Duckworth. I'm looking forward to a couple of these matches, especially to see why James Duckworth is suddenly becoming such a great player at sort of an advanced age. He's getting into the <laughs> net. He's playing big. He's got a youngster in Rusevori up next. Ivashka, another player this year, all of a sudden, at an advanced well. age. Who's <laughs> How advanced are we to, talking about here? Well, advanced <laughs> in that he's been on the tour for a yeah. long time, and all of a sudden he's found that sort of winning yeah. formula. He seems. We I mean, saw Ivashka win in Winston-Salem, yeah. and so he's, he, he was hot going into the Open, won a couple of matches there. All right, let's check out our social net as we look at what's going on around the web in the world of tennis. And, of course, we start with Emma as she continues her post-U.S. Open tour. And here she is checking out the red carpet at the debut of the latest James Bond movie in the U.K. It's pretty good celebrity action here for Emma. I mean, this has kind of got to be when you know you've made it, right? You're going to the, the Bond premiere looking beautiful on the red carpet, and everybody wants to just see her and get a taste of how she has seemed to rocket up the stratosphere in such a short period of time. She's so glamorous in Kanu, and she just seems to have a good presence about her. So She went to the Met to Gala it. as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that she's was just red carpet. She's yeah. played five tournaments. She's already red carpet stuff. I mean, that's <laughs> impossible, really. She's played with Princess Kate. I, I mean, mean, you know. Where do you go from there? It's in a hurry. It's amazing how your life can change with one run at a Grand Slam. All right, we move on now. And here's a look at Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal having a little exchange online. And after the Labor Cup, Nadal and Federer talking about maybe playing some dubs at next year's Labor Cup. These two are interesting to me because they've been such fierce rivals. They wanted to be the greatest of all time, but they were still friendly. That never happened before these two. If you were number one and you had a rival, you are supposed to hate that guy. These guys love each other, and now their doubles partners are trying to be at sort of a age when I'm, I'm a little worried about Roger with three knee surgeries, whether or not he's going to be able to play, especially if they play like this together, where you're really going to get injured running into each other, especially because <laughs> I have a sense that Rafa would win the battle if they're, if they're going to sort of 
sumo wrestle. Well, you figure, you know, they will both want the ball. That's how they make their <laughs> livings. And Roger, yeah. Roger knew, just get yes. out the way because this swing has already started. But this is one of the high points of, of Labor Cup, seeing these two on the same side of the court together. So hopefully we'll see it again. That was the first Labor Cup. And meanwhile, Taylor Fritz, now he's playing in San Diego, which, by the way, is his hometown. He won yesterday, and this was his reward, apparently, for winning. His car gets dinged. Mm, don't you hate when that happens? That's the bumper, right? Man, how does that happen? I mean, is that Did him, they leave a note? Is that him backing in to somebody? Oh, or did goodness, they hit him? As he was parked. They didn't even leave a note, Jimmy. I mean, you would have left it, a note, right? It happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Except I usually try not to hit parked yeah, cars. I've done a be pretty good thing. job over my driving career of not hitting parked cars. Excellent parallel parker. Who knew? Yes, exactly. Among your skills. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, that's what... cars do it for you now? Some of them do. do. Some of them do, which is a nice little feature. All right. Well, let's look ahead to our schedule on Tennis Channel. We will bring you that. Look ahead to the nightcap in San Diego as well when we come back here on TC Live. here on TC Live. A look ahead to Wednesday and we got a full slate of action coming at you from Chicago. Belinda Bencic will be in action along with Alina Svitolina who just won in Chicago the week before the U.S. Open. She's back as the number one seed. Yeah, these are some fantastic match matches. Vika Azarenka will be up against the wild card Haley Baptiste, who won her first round. We'll see how she acquits herself. And, you know, of course, at the top, Belinda Bencic, fresh off of a gold medal, said that was her career achievement. She's been playing great against Madison uh, English. We'll see how she does. Hot shot of the day. We head down to San Diego. Tommy Paul, Seb Corda, and Tommy Paul looking for a forehand here. I mean, anytime you're playing Corda, you're facing some pressure on your second serve, and Paul handled the pressure well that time. A great return, defensive slice, pretty good volley, and an even better forehand pass on the dead run. The sweet running forehand, but uh, it was Corda who prevailed in that match. Okay, we're looking ahead to a night session in San Diego, a change there. We expected to see Kane Nishikori taking on Andy Murray. Nishikori had to pull out not long before the match, so it will be American... Dennis Kudla, the lucky loser, he played last in qualifiers against Federico Gallo, who's playing in the second match tonight against Diego Schwartzman. And so Kudla and Murray will play for the first time ever. I'm a, I'm a little annoyed in some ways that Kane Shikori isn't able to make that match against Andy Murray because I was really looking forward to former number one against former number four. Both players are starting to play pretty well. Murray has been really training hard and playing well, playing a lot of matches. And Nishikori, I saw him the last two weeks. It's the hardest I've seen him train when he was at IMG right after the U.S. Open. His shoulder looked good. That was what had been causing him problems. He was serving big. I actually made a joke to him, are you going to serve 130 miles an hour in San Diego? He told me no, 140. So he was, <laughs> he was getting ready, and he yeah. gets to San Diego, and his back goes out on him. So instead, mm. it's Kudla against Murray. Good for Kudla. He's lucky loser who's actually having a pretty good year and is a pretty dangerous player. So it'll be an interesting match. And yeah. Shanda, and Andy Murray, now 34 years old, still outside the top 100 rankings-wise. But, I mean, it's Andy Murray we're talking about. And, uh, you know, what I, we saw from him at the U.S. Open, that impressive match, 
match that ended up in a loss to Tsitsipas, but a, a, a tight one. He's clearly had a shot there. What do you think the upside is for Murray? How, how high do you think he can go on that surgically repaired hip? I mean, that's always the question, and we don't know because this is a whole new sort of ball game. And for Murray, you know, he's had to make adjustments. He's not moving quite the way he did when he was at his best with that hip, but he has he's moving incredibly well, and he has improved in that department. He's been getting, you know, some good matches in. He's had, you know, a couple of nice wins mixed in there. And I think that has helped kind of, you know, reiterate that he's on the right track. And I think that's important. All right. There we see Dennis Kudlet taking the court. You just found out a couple hours ago he'd be playing. So always interesting, Jimmy, the mindset, right? You're, he stays in town after losing in qualifiers, gets the call to take on the former Grand Slam champion. Nothing can be better than losing in a tennis tournament and then you didn't lose. You're sort of back in the tournament. So there's an opportunity for him. He's played on these courts. He's accustomed to all the conditions here. I expect him to play pretty well. Having said that, I, I really do think Andy Murray's He's not playing just to be ranked 100 in the world. He's actually playing thinking and hoping that I can get back, that he can get back to sort of that position where he's, he's vying for titles and for big titles. And I think he's put in the work. He's one of the hardest workers of all time on the tour, and I think he's going to continue putting it in. And hopefully his, his hip will will allow him to compete at the level that he wants to. All right, and then the nightcap, of course, will be Diego Schwartzman taking on Federico Gallo. And Diego Schwartzman, I think, had the best line of the Labor Cup. As